Today marks the start of a new sermon series, Letting Go, Letting God. Over the next few weeks, your preachers will be dealing with grudges, guilt, shame, fear, and pride. In today's scripture lesson, Jesus addresses our worry. Please pray with me. Gracious God, silence within us any voice but your own, that hearing your word, we may also obey your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's lesson is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Let us hear God's word. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of God for the people of God. If you've ever picked up a copy of Mad Magazine, you've met Alfred E. Newman. His face with its gap-toothed smile, freckles, and protruding nose has been on almost every cover of Mad Magazine since the 1950s. It first appeared in an early 20th century ad for painless dentistry. But then in 1955, Al Felstein spotted that face, and he decided to make it the visual image, the permanent logo for man. So he put an ad in the New York Times that read, National Magazine Wants Portrait Artist for Special Project. Norman Mingo answered the ad, but when he asked, what national magazine is this? And Felstein said, mad. Mingo said, goodbye, started to walk out. But Felstein said, wait, wait, I want a definitive portrait of this kid. I don't want him to look like an idiot. I want him to be lovable and have an intelligence behind his eyes. I want him to have this devil-may-care attitude, someone who can maintain a sense of humor while the world is collapsing around him. Well, Mingo accepted the job, and so was born Alfred E. Newman, 
with his now famous slogan, what, <laughs> me worry? Now, whatever you may think of Mad Magazine, wouldn't it be nice to have a devil-may-care attitude while COVID-19 continues its rampage across the globe? Wouldn't it be great to maintain a sense of humor while millions are out of work and our schools remain shuttered? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could wear a perpetual smile while our nation's leaders shout insults at one another? What? Me worry? Ah, oh, but we do worry. We can't help it. We fret about the virus. Will I get the vaccine before the virus gets me? We worry about our nation. Will armed insurrection be the order of the day, the, the, the new normal? We agonize over our children. Can they afford to go to college? Will they choose the right career, find the right person to marry? We worry about the world we're leaving to our grandchildren. Will they have to breathe noxious air, drink contaminated water, swim in polluted oceans? It's nearly impossible to maintain a sense of humor when loved ones sicken and die, when relatives are out of work and can't get relief, when friends, when friends businesses are padlocked and, and hospital wards are stressed to the limit. And then Jesus interrupts our conversation. Don't worry about your life. Do not worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Do not worry about tomorrow. Sounds a bit like Pollyanna, doesn't it? As, we, as if we could take to our recliners, turn on the television and, and wait for God to ring the doorbell with an Instacart delivery. And of course, that's not at all what Jesus meant. Jesus doesn't exempt us from responsibility for our welfare and the welfare of our families. We have a duty to put a roof over their heads, decent clothes on their backs, nutritious food on the table, and insofar as we are able to ensure their future and ours. Remember that Jesus himself was a carpenter for many years before taking on his public ministry. And the proceeds from his workshop supported his widowed mother and younger siblings. Ah, oh, you say that's precisely why I worry. If I'm infected, will I lose my job? Unemployment won't pay the rent. And it's not just COVID. You've survived cancer or a heart attack and and there's just no guarantee that it won't strike you again. Perhaps your marriage is on the rocks and the future looks bleak. How can you not worry? There are two hints in this text that I hope will help, especially in the night hours when worry gnaws at your sleep like monsters under the bed. First, all the pronouns in this text are plural, not singular, which means that Jesus is speaking not to you alone, all by yourself, but to you as one among many, to you as a member of the body of Christ, to you as part of that great collective 
of believers in God. You are not alone as you wrestle with the monsters. The person who sat across the aisle from you before COVID closed the sanctuary has faced the same worries that are plaguing you. And she not only won her, not only won her battle, she's eager to come alongside you as your ally, to listen, to care, to pray, to be there with and for you as long as it takes. So ask her to get together with you, masked and six feet apart, of course, and just start by sharing your stories. Yes, I know you've known each other for years, but you've never shared all that there is to share. And then read the scriptures together. Pray for one another. If you will do that, I predict that over time, the conversation will take a turn. You will feel so secure in that relationship that you will open your door to a deep-seated hurt or a failing or a disappointment that has been gnawing at you for years. And then, while your friend listens caringly, the worry will begin to flow out of your soul and healing will start to happen. And if you are that friend, the one who wrestled with your worries and came through with banners flying, here's your challenge from Proverbs 3.27. Never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. What a privilege. You can be the extension of God's healing hand. So don't miss the opportunity to listen, to offer understanding, support, and love. Be there for your friend who is still trapped in worry's web. The December issue of The New Yorker featured the story of Sam Rivera, a burly ex-con who now works with other ex-cons at a residential facility in New York City. There are upwards of 75 men there, but to Sam, they are all personal, and he works to draw out their fears and worries one at a time. The founder of the facility, David Rothenberg, said this about Sam, quote, Sam gets people talking who are comfortable talking, but sometimes he'll say, hey, Joe, what's happening with you? And Joe starts talking and doesn't shut up. He had never been given permission. Joe's never been asked how he is in his life. You know the movie Green Pastures? There's a line from there that I always repeat. The Lord, who's represented as African-American, says to an angel, we have to take care of that planet, but don't forget the wing of the sparrow over there. Sam is one of the people taking care of the wings of the sparrow, end quote. Now, you and I can't take on the whole planet. That's God's job. But you and I, like Sam Rivera, can take care of the wings of a sparrow. We can bear the burden of the person across the aisle, the neighbor next door, the colleague in the next office, 
And when we do, God smiles. God applauds. And now the second hint. It's there in the two words, Heavenly Father. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And these things aren't limited to food and clothes. They include release from the prison cell of worry. So in addition to the friend who comes alongside us, there is a father who has adopted us, a father whose grace is unlimited and whose mercy inexhaustible. In his letter to the church at Philippi, the Apostle Paul testifies to our father's worry-living power. Do not worry about anything, he wrote, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All it takes is a simple prayer to tap into God's immeasurable, worry-canceling, peace-providing love. Every morning I receive an email from my college roommate, Derek Johnson. Every day, Derek sends out what he calls a think spot to thousands of friends all over the country. Here's what he sent on December 4. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things he can change. I think that's worth repeating. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things he can change. And by the way, one of the changes may be that I will learn to live with the thing that is worrying me that God will give me the courage to endure what must be endured. Craig Barnes, president of Princeton Seminary, spends part of the summer with his family on a lake in Canada. Eagles, also some are there, building their nests in the highest trees. More than once, he writes, a summer rainstorm has blown across the lake as the skies grow dark and the wind begins to blow the tall trees back and forth, the parent eagles spread their massive wings across the whole nest, protecting the young eagles that stay safely under the wings until the destroying storm passes. And then he adds, imagine if one of those little eaglets became overwhelmed with fear and said, I'm, I'm not staying up in this tree during a thunderstorm. I'm pushing my way out from these wings and flying out of here. How long would it last out in the destroying storms? But that never happens. Why? Because eaglets know where they belong in a storm. How? 
because they are made in the image of eagles. You are made in the image of God. Why? How? Because he loves you. When you are afraid, it is only because you have forgotten that. End quote. Do you, like me, sometimes forget? When storms erupt, does worry cloud your memory of God's love? Then here is good news from Psalm 105. God remembers his covenant forever for a thousand generations. You see, even when we forget, God remembers. And so, in the words of the immortal Alfred E. Newman, what? Me worry? 